Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to our Tech Radio Show for this week with all the latest in tech around Ireland. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie using your favourite podcast app, whatever that may be, on your smartphone or indeed listening on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is our show for the weekend, Friday the 2nd of October, a week with a ton of news from Google and Apple and Facebook. Plus, we have two big events coming up to Ireland, which should not be missed. We'll have more on them shortly. But right now, joining me is Niall Kitson from Tech Central HQ. Niall, uh, Facebook was down twice this week. Did you panic? Uh, I didn't, but I imagine an awful lot of office workers around the world got very upset. <laughs> I was, you always see these panic messages like on, on, on Twitter, funny enough, like, you know, uh, am I the only one? No Facebook. What am I going to do? How will I tell everybody what I had for dinner? All that kind of stuff. Uh, the other scare, there's, there's been no reason given out for that. And But you no. were saying earlier it's because Facebook like to, what, break things? Yeah, yeah, we break things. If you go, if you ever happen to be in Facebook's um, head office, this is basically the banner that they they the first thing that you see. You don't see Facebook logos anywhere. You just see this banner saying "We break things." So you know, true to form, I guess. It's not the breaking; it's the fixing, as I always say. Um, the other thing that's been going around Facebook is that they're going to start charging you access, or uh, if you want to keep your stuff private on Facebook, you're going to have to pay a fee per year. This, of course, is all an incredible hoax. Oh, yeah. Two scams that have been doing the rounds on Facebook, pretty much just to prove that people will believe anything when it comes to Facebook just being a, a, a prat when it comes to your privacy. So there's two that have been going around, uh, one of which, um, as of September 27th, 2015 at 10.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> I do not give Facebook or any entities associated with Facebook permission to use my picture. Yada, yada, yada. yada. It's, it's a load of nonsense. Yeah. The other one, yeah, is that Facebook, uh, unless you start paying them um, five pounds five ninety nine, so I guess so a tenner, <laughs> oh whatever, tenor. who cares? <laughs> yeah. uh, you won't, you won't be able to keep your material private. It's all a load of rubbish. Uh, everybody knows that in order for Facebook to work, in order for it to be commercial vi- commercially viable, it needs as many people on there as possible. It needs as many happy users as possible. Yes, the outages happen, but Facebook's mm. um, uh, approach to privacy is actually kind of proactive. They, they are working on ways to make it easier for people to control their privacy. They're not terribly interested in burying things as deeply yeah. as possible. Which, they, You know, when we both signed up for Facebook back in the day, it was quite difficult to figure out what way your stuff was being used and it was just easier just to go into the defaults and say no to everything. Mm. Uh, Facebook are a little bit more open about it now, but I sort of protect people if they're naturally more laissez-faire with their privacy. The short version is both of these things are scams. If you mm. post them into your status, it just makes you look like an imbecile. It's like the old adage goes that if uh, this product is free, well, how are they making money? They're making money out of you. And That's it. Uh, there was a very interesting story last week to say that every single person who uses Facebook is worth about €40 Euro a year to Facebook. All right. So uh, mm. essentially, I'm going to write a letter now to uh, the lads over Facebook and say, can I have my €40 Euro a year, 
please. <laughs> yeah, let's engage in some sort of revenue share yeah. agreement. Yeah, I can imagine how that's going to go. Let's move on to other things. Apple, when they launched Apple Music three months ago, uh, we're offering a three-month trial for free to everybody. But we would just like to remind people that that free trial is about to come to an end. And if you don't unsubscribe, you will be charged. So if you want to unsubscribe and you don't want to start paying for Apple Music, or you don't like it or you just don't want to pay for it. Uh, how do you go about doing that? Yep. Just go into uh, your music app. Go up to the top left where it uh, has um, the details on your account. And it's literally my account. And you just click disable auto renew that's all there is to it did you actually use apple music no uh i didn't bother because uh i there was no need to i'm a spotify user um and i'm happy with that and all my playlists are on spotify i would have had to start from scratch again with apple music and there was no incentive financially because i'm the only one on it it was it was a tenner a month anyway yeah well i tell you i started using apple music and now i use spotify more Oh, <laughs> now that is interesting. I think, you know, kind of the, the real truth of the matter is going to come in maybe nine months time when yeah, Apple yeah. Music is a year old. And we'll see. And we'll yeah, see if you're goes. only coming to Apple Music now, you still actually do get a three month trial period. It's not um, it's not a, this total cut off. It just so happened that Apple Music came bundled with iOS 8.4. So it meant that when that was released on June 30th, Millions of people had the option to set up Apple Music accounts. Apparently, 11 million people did. It'll be interesting to see how many people uh, get stung, I suppose, mm. for uh, for a subscription next month. Uh, but I think quite a lot of people uh, will be hanging on to it. Um, I think they probably actually, will, because it's like you and I, like you've, you've used both. I've used Spotify. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy with it. Once you get into that whole, well, I'll pay a tenner a month for my streaming music, it's like... How cool is this? You know, you hear somebody on the radio or you see something on the television, you go, I kind of like them out at Spotify. Yeah, I'll have a listen to that album tomorrow. Boom, done. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing when it comes to music. Like, I'm I'm quite obsessive about um, books. I love owning books. Mm. I'm not as obsessive about owning CDs, even though I will buy a CD before I would buy a mm. Uh, purchase a download on iTunes and yet I don't have that disconnect when it comes to streaming well I think it's all back to uh, it's all back to you know piracy and music and downloading illegal stuff from the internet when you make it really easy at a good price for people to do most people would go with that and I remember like what what struck me about this was a couple of years ago there was a number of mp3 websites based in Russia who were doing amazing business in the western world because you were able to download download songs for like you know 10 cent a go or whatever like you mm. know and you were able to look up and say yeah i'll have that entire album it was really easy and it was 10 cent to go and then since then all this spotify and apple music and streaming music has come along i haven't heard anybody talking about those russian websites in about two years and i was a bit surprised to hear that another one of the big music sharing websites in russia has been shut down recently i can't i was looking at the news story going what they're still on the go <laughs> yeah. well i tell you one interesting thing uh about how we are more comfortable using streaming than maybe buying CDs now, or how that it has been a much smaller jump to go to streaming services, I think has a lot to do with radio. Because for a lot of people, your first point of contact with a song and liking a song and enjoying a song, you don't actually own it. It's like if your first point of contact with a book, you've gone out, you bought it, you enjoy it, uh, and it stays with you. With a song, you hear it, it doesn't actually stay on your shelf. So maybe going from, you know, hearing it on the radio to streaming, it's not as big a, a cognitive leap for people. 
Hmm. That's my two cents. There you go. The world is changing. The world is changing. Also in Apple News this week, uh, the iPhone 6S is out there in the world and they have sold 13 million units in the first week. Yeah, wow. and we're getting it on Friday week. Yeah, can't wait. Um, sorry, that's just me <laughs> being my usual anti-Apple stance. Um, but last this time last year, they sold 10 million brand new iPhone 6s in yeah. the same period. So they're up 3 million. However, before you go and get excited about things, this year what's changed is that they've added China in as one of their launch mm. markets. Well, I tell you, I will actually be upgrading my my iPhone this time around. Are you gonna go? Uh, are you gonna go for it on day one? Are you? Uh, well, you know, I'm not gonna queue out in the cold or anything like that <laughs> or, or the whatever. But uh, you know, the the 6s will be entering my possession at some point. I'm going to upgrade. But I have to say that were it not for the fact that iOS is just it's an, iOS nine isn't supported on the 4s, I think the iPhone 4s is the best phone I've ever owned. Wow, so you've got big expectations then for the 6S. Well, so long as, you know, it it keeps me in the manner to which I am accustomed. Tell me, what are the three things that you are looking forward to with the 6S? 6S. Okay, well, um, the degree of future-proofing, a better battery, because uh, the battery on my 4S is just kind of ridiculous at the moment. And uh, 4K video capture is actually going to be something... Uh, of use to me on a professional level. We are going to uh, have a good chat with you, I think, towards the end of October, after you've had the phone for a week or two. And we'll mm. see if they've lived up to that expectation for you. Uh, some other new phones out in the market this week, and that is uh, Google have announced uh, two new phones. Yeah, two new phones with the Nexus stamp on them. As we know, Nexus is basically whenever Google sees something that uh, it reckons is pretty good, um, they would go, oh, okay, we'll make you a Nexus brand. You know, you, you are an official Android testbed kind of a product. So, you know, if you see something that's a Nexus, whatever, it's because Google has gone, yep, you've developed this project for this product for uh, Android. We're cool with it. There you go, have a Nexus. So there are two handsets were announced at an event this week um, where uh, Google came out with Android 6.0 Marshmallow. And said, "This is the this is the future of Android uh, to come." And they showed off a bunch of new devices, including two handsets. One was by uh, Huawei, which is the Nexus Six P, which is a big old five point seven inch uh, smartphone with a four K screen, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but that's expensive. That's going to start at roughly five hundred dollars in the US. Uh, the second, a slightly more modest uh, Nexus Five X, which is made by LG. Um, it's, it doesn't go for the big screen. Uh, it doesn't go for the same resolution. Um, but it starts at sort of at a 16 gig model, which is kind of, um, I wouldn't say unusual, but you know, we're, we're not, we're not seeing as much variation in storage as, no. as used to. And I think, you know, the same with all of the new phones that are coming out. It's like, they're all a little bit better than the others, a little bit different. There's nothing like, there's no wow factor. What about the, uh, Marshmallow? Is it, what's, what's, what's new in Marshmallow from Google that we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah. Well, I mean, my, I find Marshmallow kind of a, it's an interesting upgrade in that they've, they've brought in something that, uh, I think is actually kind of, kind of neat. Kind of, I'm not sure how much I would actually use this feature, but I think it's, it's kind of cool and it show, shows, the extent to which your phone can appear to be thinking about what you're actually doing on it. So they have this thing called Now on Tap, right? Where um, say you're texting a friend and you're wondering uh, which film you should see an evening or which restaurant you might like to go to. Um, you basically just tap 
the icon down the bottom of the screen and these little cards will come up like in your Google search and say uh, Android will have scanned your, your messages and say you've mentioned restaurant X and next thing you know, a little card comes up saying, yeah, restaurant X, contact details here. There's a Yelp review. There's, you know, uh, something else. There's an option to book. Mm. There's their Instagram page. All these sort of little things that are kind of handy. Or say you're talking about a film, you know, you, you tap and up comes a card with, you know, a link to its IMDb review or maybe its page on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's kind of scary, I guess, but it's kind of useful too. It is very scary, actually, because it's obviously monitoring what you're doing and preloading that information. But, I mean, there is... I just find that with, with, I think Google is doing that now anyway on other devices because I just find it weird that, um, I'll be, I'll be watching a movie or something like that and I would just tap in IMDB and the first word of the title of the movie and then one of the first suggestions is the movie I'm actually watching. And it's like, hello, are you in the room with me? And I'm looking at the phone, of course, which is, of course, in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it is. <laughs> so I kind of wonder, but I just find it's amazing. The, the voice recognition has, uh, has improved leaps and bounds and then the and the relevancy and everything. I mean, it is just astonishing. Um, and and it's interesting that Marshmallow is doing that with that on tap feature because obviously what they're doing is you're not, they're recognised that you're not sitting at a laptop or on a tablet. You're actually on a small phone with a four or five inch screen. You don't really have time to be typing things in on a touchscreen or whatever. So you literally just tap it and hopefully th- the information that that comes up is the relevant stuff that you want. Yeah, and one particularly nice little feature um, that they're bringing in is, uh, might be familiar to um, iOS users actually, is granular app permissions. And I'm not talking about, you know, push notifications, yes or no. Mm. It's, it's, you know, the way you will install a new app and you will say new app wants access to your camera. Mm. And you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not giving that at all. And then maybe six months down the road, a new feature will come out for that app that requires access for your camera and you're like, oh, I said no at setup. What the hell do I do? Do I have to reinstall from scratch or whatever? You now have that level of granular access for your app. So you can go back into your settings and go, you know what? Yep, okay. Camera back on. That's fine. And that's nice. It's kind of convenient. And that's very good for, because Spotify got into a lot of trouble recently because they needed access to, you know, your, your gallery and a couple of other things. And everyone's going, oh, what's the story? And then they explained why. But with that granular access, you could either use Spotify's just literally to play music or if you wanted to use one of your own images as cover art for something, well, then you give it the option to enable camera access or whatever. Mm, yeah. So uh, yeah. interesting. Do you know the other thing uh, from Google this week that I thought was quite nice was uh, they're doing a Chromecast for audio. I th- I think this is I, I like this idea. Expand mm. upon it, please. Um, well, it's just I mean Chromecast. We know you stick it into your telly, and then you're able to use your phone to get your Netflix or YouTube on the TV. <laughs> Beyond that, it's not much use. <laughs> 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 but it does what it says on the tin. It's like forty quid. Um, they're bringing out a Chromecast audio version where you can stick this into the back of your Hi-Fi, and then you're able to you know stream music from your phone, and you can use whatever you can use Apple Music, you can use Spotify, you can use you know the MP3s that you have on the phone. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can have a couple of these little. Uh, things dotted around the house and then you could choose which one to play it on so if you wanted music in the bedroom you could choose that or so on and so forth I I just think what I liked about Chromecast and I think this is what they set out to do they said look 
it does that. We're Google, the, you know, there's some kind of reliability in this uh, and it does this one simple thing and it does it well. And that's what Chromecast does. And I think the audio version will do the, uh, the same thing. So bring it on. Um, other news this week, uh, water on Mars. Are you excited about uh, the discovery of water on Mars? I kind of am. You weren't. I was surprised when, when we were talking about this earlier because you're usually all over NASA stuff. <laughs> like everybody else, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Um, I just, until they actually land something on the surface and take a sample of the water and they analyse and go, yep, that's water, then I'll get excited. But, you know, kind of images from a satellite surface going around the planet. I just think it's weird how they can kind of say, well, Pluto is made up of X percent this and X percent that. And it's like, how do you know? It's like, well, this satellites, you know, went around the, the planet and, and did a survey. It's like, how? I don't understand it. Yeah, it could be wrong. But. Yeah, well, I mean, for, for everybody else, the interesting thing is that evidence of sort of very, very briny liquid water as opposed to frozen water, because as we know, Mars is freezing. Um, there is evidence of liquid water has been found. And the reason that they think it is uh, both running and salty is because um, salt reduces the um, point at which water freezes. So for the same reason that, you know, when you've got an icy footpath, you just throw salt all, all over it and the, the ice dissolves. That's the principle at work here. So it's pretty much at the stage of we've found these rivulets and we reckon, yep, there's running water there. They're not terribly sure um, where they go, how deep they go. Mm. Uh, all they know is that it's there and, and it's happening. The grand plan is to send a manned mission to Mars sometime in the 2030s. So, you know, I, I don't think we'll make the application process somehow. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, are you speaking of Mars? Are you going to see uh, The Martian this weekend? Matt Damon's movie? Uh, I am not. Uh, but I imagine you probably are. I absolutely am. <laughs> Darn yeah. straight I am. Absolutely. Have you read the book? No, I haven't. Um, okay, right. I, I just like those big screen sci-fi movies and they come along, uh, I was about to say once a year because it, was it Inception was last year? Or not Inception? Inception uh, no, a couple of years ago. Not Inception. Uh, the other big uh, uh, Christopher Nolan science fiction movie uh, from last Interstellar. year. Interstellar. Interstellar. Began with yeah. an eye. There you go. So uh, so no, I'm absolutely going to it and I'll, uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Also, we have Star Wars coming in December but before that, a quick mention for Invasion. If you're in any way into Star Wars, you've got to go see this Star Wars exhibition. It's called Invasion. It's on October 16th to 18th. And it's out in Swords. What's the name of the venue in, in Swords again? It is the National Show Centre. Uh, best, your best chance, I guess, to get in the doors at the 17th, the 17th and 18th. It kind of works in shifts. Mm. So uh, there's sort of a, a morning shift and an, and an evening one. So um, pick your time wisely. There you go. Is, and is what's what the uh, website again? I, from memory, it's invasion.ie. It could be wrong. Though. It's, uh, it's invasiondublin.ie. Ah, there you go. All right. Okay. Now, listen, speaking of events, Startup Ireland is on all next week. And the reason we're interested in this is because tech is such a startup enabler. You know, in theory, anyone with an idea and a computer and half a brain can start a business. I spoke to Owen Killian Costello, who's heading up Startup Ireland, and asked him first about another big event that's about to leave Ireland. I'm talking, of course, about Web Summit. What were his thoughts on that story? Hi, Dusty. Well, look, uh, you know, it is it is a loss. Uh, it's been a great success story for, for Dublin and for Ireland. It's gradually uh, grown its kind of international reputation. So I suppose, you know, it was always a question of 
when rather than if that it was going to look at uh, at another location. It had kind of raised issues with infrastructure. It had raised other concerns. Um, so I, I think it was, a ma- it, was, it was a matter of time before an announcement like this was made. Uh, does it, is it going to leave a serious dent? You know, ultimately, I think the number of startups from Ireland, specifically the tech sector in Ireland, that uh, exhibited at the Web Summit, I think was, you know, uh, less than 5%. So the webcam was fantastic for international visitors and it brought a lot of people to Dublin. But will it leave a, a kind of a gap that can't be replaced in the, the tech sector here? Um, probably not. You know, there are lots of fantastic initiatives and events happening in Dublin uh, every every week. The, um, the sector is really, really growing. I think the multinationals that are here are looking at more ways of uh, collaborating with startups and engaging with startups. You've got the Intel Internet of Things Lab has opened. You've got Dell has opened an Internet of Things Lab in Limerick. You've got uh, EMC and Vodafone have opened an Internet of Things Lab in, in Cork to, to work with early stage businesses. You know, and that's just the Internet of Things sector. You know, there are dozens of other sectors. So there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. You know, the Web Summit is a loss, but uh, it will actually in some ways uh, encourage the startup sectors in each of our cities to redouble their efforts. Well, and, I, and attention. Yeah, I, I think it is a loss, but I think it leaves a great legacy because it shows that Ireland is a great tech country. You know, where, uh, it's a very good venue for, for conferences, but, you know, it's not the biggest venue in the world, but it's a great venue for conferences. And I think it's a great little country for, uh, for ideas as well. These kind of... Uh, summits that are going on around the world, uh, you know, because Web Summit won't be the last one uh, to happen here in Ireland. What do they really do for startups over the long term? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that if we look at the case of uh, South by Southwest in Austin and Texas, that's had a huge spillover benefit to to the city. And, and, and now Austin, Texas has actually gone into the top 20 startup ecosystem ranking in the world. It's uh, compiled by Startup Compass and it's, it's one of the most uh, highly regarded startup rankings. Then if you look at, say, the other entrant that went into that top 20, uh, Amsterdam and Holland, they have a conference called The Next Web. You know, that has been a contributor to it. But ultimately, the city's startup ecosystem is what gets you into the international rankings and helps your startups grow. So a conference that's over a two or three day, you know, yes, it brings a lot of noise and excitement to, to the city, but it's really the city's infrastructure, the organizations in place that help the startup sector to grow. So what Holland are doing, you know, which, which is something Ireland could, could actually learn from, is they've set up a national network of all their startup ecosystems. And they've unified it under something called Startup Delta. And that's led by former EU Commissioner Neely Crowes. And what they're seeking to do is help all their startup sectors unify so that their country competes internationally as a, a unified startup hub. Within Ireland, we have each of our startup sectors and each of our cities and the regions emerging. But what we need to do is unify those and bring them together so we compete internationally. We get more investment into Ireland. We get more mobile entrepreneurs into Ireland. Mm. And what's happening increasingly, Dusty, is that the big multinationals, when they're choosing, say, uh, you know, between European capitals or even further afield, say, choosing Dublin over London or Berlin or Paris, they're looking and saying, well, look, you know, the threshold factors are good infrastructure, good talent, good track record. But now increasingly what the multinationals need is access to high-growth startups. 
they want to do partnerships with them, they realize that, look, we're not going to have all the solutions, all the problems. So having highly mobile startup ecosystem nearby, they can buy startups, which helps them solve uh, you know, product problems they may have. It gives them access to new innovation. It then gives them access to new teams, or they can invest in startups. And this is what happens in the big Global competitive startup ecosystems, mm-hmm. you know, Silicon Valley, they're investing in startups, they're buying from startups, and they're even buying out startups, which then creates serial entrepreneurs who go on to set up more and more startups. So it's a very positive thing to have a very strong startup ecosystem. So, I mean, one of the great things that I like about technology and the internet and computers is that, it, I mean, it really enables anybody you know, to get a start in almost anything that they want to do. And, but as you and I both know, you know, kind of having an idea or, or even being just good at tech is not all that you need. You know, for somebody who might be thinking of a business idea what, and, and wants to get into this whole startup area, what kind of supports are out there for them? So you make a very good point, Dusty. There's never been a better time to start up. The various supports that are available from state agencies, be it the local enterprise offices, be it from Enterprise Ireland, uh, be it from Intertrade Ireland, are fantastic. We've probably got one of the best enterprise support agency networks in, in, in the world. The second thing is the actual cost of starting up now is lower than it's ever been. So if you want to set up a digital startup, having access to the various uh, infrastructure elements or hosting or components you need to put together to put on an online business, are cheaper than they've ever been. If you're producing physical products, the whole year of 3D printing and the availability of open source um, designs online means that the whole area of physical product development can be done in timelines and for a budget that used to only be the preserve of the big corporates. So there's never been a better time to actually turn your idea into execution. Now, I... We in Ireland we do have a challenge. We we were very good at ideas. We're very we're very supportive of the entrepreneurial environment, but not enough people in Ireland are choosing to actually start up. So we have a gap there. We have a gap between the intention to start up and actually doing it. So that's kind of what we're trying to do with the startup gathering. We're saying is now is the right time. What we've done is we've put up a map on our website, so startupgathering.ie. And on each city, we now have plotted all the enterprise support agencies, the co-working space, the research centers, the investors, anything you need to start your business is up there on the map. We have 2,500 entries. There are plenty of startups up there as well. So, you know, it is becoming less of a risk to start up. It will always be a bit risky starting up a new business, but it's becoming less of a risk. There are a lot of supports there. There are great networks there. And there's kind of clear pathways now that are emerging Mm. uh, that can help you and support you in that journey. So my first suggestion would be go to the website and have a look at our map. I was going to say, the the website sounds great, startupgathering.ie, but it's not just online. You're you're actually running some, like, you know, real-world events going on around the country. What, What kind of things are going on? Absolutely. So what we're doing is we've, there's, there's lots of great initiatives and, and uh, events happening all around the country all the time. But for people to take that step to start up, they need to feel a sense that there's real density of activity and that this is something that's, that, that, that's a groundswell and it's really starting to, to gain momentum. That's the goal of Startup Gathering. We're concentrating in one week hundreds of initiatives, events, program launches that are happening around the country. We've currently got 365 events happening in 22 counties. 
So it's things dusty like advice clinics, we've got nearly 40 of those. Um, hackathons, we've got four of those happening around the country. Networking events, 96 of those. Seminars, workshops. You know, the phenomenal thing is the regional spread of these. 90 of these events are happening outside the cities. So it shows that gradually as a country, we really are embracing the entrepreneurial agenda. The various agencies that are putting on these events include research centers, uh, professional service providers, accountants, lawyers, investors, the banking sector. The Bank of Ireland has moved its whole enterprise week from November into the week of the startup gathering. That's 70 events alone across the country. So huge support for the whole startup agenda. It's never been a better time to start. Well, the, 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 you, you, you've wrapped it up in one sentence. Never been a better time to start because startups are good. You know, they they work. They're getting they easier. Two thirds of all the jobs. Loads of support. There's two loads of help. Of all the jobs. Yeah, but yeah. The, you know, the majority of businesses, especially in this country, is all small to medium enterprises. It's all That's small right. companies, and as people like yourself, myself, will go, oh, I have an idea to do something, and then you just kind of get up off your bum and you actually do something about it, and you know, balls start rolling. Before you know it, you're running a bona fide business. You can get out there. You can do it, whatever your dream is, make it a reality. Startupgathering.ie is a great website to uh, start with. And, of course, there's lots of events coming up in the uh, coming few days. Excellent. Listen, uh, Chief Executive from Startup Gathering, Owen Killian Costello, thanks very much for attending us all. Thanks very much, Dusty. All the best. Well, that's it for our tech radio show for today. Except, Niall, I'm introducing a new feature and I'm calling it One More Thing. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> what 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 else is on the website that we haven't spoken about that we should check out at uh, techcentral.ie? Okay, one story that I think is definitely worth looking at is um Tesla, who we all know, uh Elon Musk's maker of electric cars. They are bringing in a car with an autopilot function. That is worth reading about. TechCentral.ie is the website. Uh, that is it for our show for today. Do remember you can get hourly updates on tech news along with daily newsletters from TechCentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on glorious DAB Digital Radio with our friends at RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, from myself, Dusty, and from Niall, thanks for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at TechCentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.